it is our custom around here to stand for the reading of the Word of God, but I have four scriptures I want you to look up. We're not going to stand this morning because of that. We're going to do some reading. Uh, so I'll, I have four scriptures I want you to find. Genesis chapter 1, <clears throat> John chapter 1, Second Peter chapter 1, and then Colossians chapter 1. So we need to find Genesis chapter 1, then John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, 2 Peter, chapter 1, and then Colossians, chapter 1. While you're looking those up, I'll say it one more time. Genesis, chapter 1, John, chapter 1, 2 Peter, chapter number 1, and Colossians, chapter 1. While you're looking those up, we have a wonderful program here at the Riverside Baptist Church. It's called the Refiner's Fire Recovery Program. Um, some people say, well, that's your addictions program. Well, yeah, to an extent. I, I like to think of it as recovery program because you can recover from addictions. And uh, here's the thing about that program. Uh, it's not just for those that struggle with drugs or alcohol. It's not just for that. We all have some type of addiction. I think one of the biggest ones in our society right now is the addiction to your smartphone. You know, people, people break out in hives if they can't find their smartphone. Okay, I'll move on. Some of you are under conviction already. But there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other things to which we need help. Come on, it may not be a strong addiction per se, but... Um, we need help living for God, don't we? We need help. There's not anybody that's sitting here or standing here this morning that doesn't need some help living for God in such a way. And I would recommend the Refiner's Fire program to anyone. Anyone. You say, well, I've been having a little struggle with my walk with God. I would go to the Refiner's on Friday night, 7 o'clock. You know, it's just a really good way to uh, get back in the Bible. And what God wants you to do, uh, if you have any struggles at all, I guarantee you God has the answer for those. And that refiner's program uh, will definitely help. Uh, well, preacher, why are you talking about all that? Well, because there's 15 Bible truths uh, in the refiner's program uh, with the hope material. And uh, I'm going to deal with one of those this morning. And uh, But again, I would recommend to anyone that you would go to the program, at least visit it. Uh, when we first started that years ago, I encouraged the whole church to go. You need to go, just go through that program at least one time. Uh, it's not, well, what if, what, if people think that, what if people think that I'm some kind of a drug addict or alcohol problem or whatever? Well, they probably need to go too to get rid of their gossip problems. Did I say that out loud? We could all use some help is really what I'm trying to get to. And it's, it's a good program. It really is a good program. But I am going to deal with, I'm going to deal with the, the number of the 15 Bible truths. I'm going to deal with number one uh, this morning. So no need to stand, but we're going to read, and you're going to turn, and then we're going to read, and you're going to turn, and then we're going to read. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. <clears throat> Very simple here. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. We have to believe that. 
No, no, if we're going to believe God, trust God, if we're going to believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of this world, we have to believe that. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, John chapter 1. And look at verse number 1. In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay, Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. And look at verse number 1 there. The Bible says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained, the like preci- obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given us Uh, given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, Colossians chapter 1. We'll not be going back to the others. We're going to park here in Colossians for a while. <clears throat> Excuse me. Look down to verse number 12. Colossians chapter 1. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse number 12. <clears throat> the Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, uh, that uh, uh, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Uh, The number one Bible truth in uh, our refiner's program is this. Only God knows how to make life work. And that's an absolute fact. He's a creator. He put us here. And only he knows how to make life work. We're going to expound on that a little bit this morning. Let's pray and we'll get started. 
Father, one last time, we just ask for your power, your guidance, direction, and everything that's said and done. Certainly, again, Lord, we just need your power. We need that unction that comes from you. Clarity of mind, clarity of speech. Uh, We want this message to come across just the way that you'd have it done. I pray for the hearts of the listeners. God, help us today. We pray and thank you for your goodness in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. People today are looking for answers. Everywhere you go, they're looking for answers. Um, Some look to the TV, and maybe they're not looking to the TV for answers, but they spend so much time in front of it that their minds are influenced to the point of handling life's problems in the manner that Hollywood has shown them. Some look to the internet, and, and then they try to Google the answers that they need, which leads also to a worldly philosophy and a process of making, really, and paying for wrong decisions as you follow that. Uh, Some look to family and friends for answers, family and friends that really have no more of an idea what they should do in any different situation than the next guy, Uh, but at least family and friends are telling them what they, you know, want to hear. Some look to their own heart and and figure that if if they feel a certain way about something, I mean, if I feel this way, it must be God that's leading me this way. Although, although their direction cannot be confirmed by the Scriptures. We're, we're in a mess. And one of the biggest reasons for that is that we want answers for life. But we're not willing to look and listen to the one who knows how to make our life work. Because God does know how to make our life work. You say, well, preacher, why is that the case? Well, some, for some, they just don't believe in God. They don't believe in God. Psalm chapter 14, verse 1 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And then there's others that say they believe in him. Oh, well, I believe in God. But, but in actions, in the way they live, they're practicing atheist. And, and that's because they do not acknowledge him as Lord and go on to live their lives the way that they just go on to live their lives the way they choose. Some simply will not choose to trust God. No, no, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm talking about believers even. Although they trust Him with their eternal soul, they cannot trust Him to work out the kinks in their life, the things that are going wrong. And then there are those that say they know Him, and then they live completely contrary to the way He teaches. You know, the Bible gives us answers in this passage of Scripture here in Colossians And we will do well to take heed, and we will do well to follow the one who can truly lead us into the abundant Christian life. I told the Sunday school class this morning, my heart's desire as a pastor of this church is that people live the way that God would have them to live. Not the way Bill Marshall says, the way the Bible says, the way God says. I'm telling you, no, 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 only God knows how to make life work. He put us here. He has a reason for us here. And if we will live the way that he says, we can live that abundant Christian life. We truly can experience the joy of the Lord. We truly can have that freedom that God promises to us. We really can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. We really can have peace that passes understanding, but we have to do it God's way. It's so important we do it God's way. And of course, that starts with being forgiven. Uh, 
Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I'm so very thankful that in April 1984, I got down beside my coffee table, called upon God, he forgave my sin and saved my soul. Amen. No, no, no. I go back and visit on a regular basis. I know for sure on that day that he saved my soul for eternity. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. And that's the most important thing that any of us will know before we leave this life. That we have put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as our only hope as a Savior. That, that, that He is our hope. That He is the one that saved our soul. It's so very important that we know that we know that we know that we're saved by the grace of God. And we are to be thankful for that according to verse number 12. And if we cannot be thankful to God for His great salvation, maybe it's because we have nothing for which to be thankful. I thank God he saved me out of the life he saved me out of. I thank God for the changes he's made in my life over all these years. And I thank God that he's not given up and he continues to work on me. And he's delivered us from the power of darkness, according to verse number 13. I'm so very thankful for that. We now see things, people that are saved now see things in a different light. The light that only God can shine on us. The light of his word. When we begin to see things the way that God sees things, it's a wonderful, wonderful day. Absolutely. The Bible says you were once in darkness, but now you are the light. Uh, you, you are uh, now are you light in the Lord? Ephesians chapter five, verse number eight. The Bible says in First Peter chapter two, verse nine, "Who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light?" I'm so thankful that after I got saved, I begin to see the world for what it really is. I'm glad to know that what the world has to offer has nothing to do with the joy and peace that God has to offer. Oh, no, no, I don't have to have the things of the world to be happy. I don't have to have the things of the world to have joy and peace in my life. I don't need any of those things. Come on, isn't it a joy to see the darkness of this world for what it really, really is? I mean, to see the devil, how the devil twists things and tries to make it seem like we, we that know Christ, that, that we're the losers... No, it's what he likes. No, no, no. He would like for us to think that we are the losers. I mean, to see the danger in what the world considers entertainment and fun. Oh, come on, come on. If you've been saved by the grace of God, I remember. I remember when I got saved. It's like, how come I've never seen this before? And how come I've never heard this before? And how come it just does seem like, man, things are just so different. I'm telling you, it's wonderful when the light of God shines on the darkness of this world. And we begin to see things the way that God expects us to see things. I'm thankful for the light that I was given at salvation. I'm thankful that I can see the wickedness of this world. But we have to remember we've been bought with a price. Talks about that in verse number 14 there. The precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're bought by him. Get this now. If you're saved this morning, you are bought by him and you belong to God. You belong to him. No, no, no. What a thought. What a, what a great thought. And then we have forgiveness of sins. <laughs> no, no, no. Gone, gone, gone. All my sins are gone. I'm telling you, when the devil tries to bring up your past, remind him of his future. Good way to do that. But we're to be led by the one that knows it all. We're to be led by him. By him. Uh, verse number 15 there. 
who had delivered us uh, from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son and whom we have redemption through the blood, uh, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So thankful. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in the heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You know, it's a wonderful thing to think about this. He always has been, and he always will be. Well, um, preacher, where'd God come from? Um, He always has been. Uh, Well, I know, but I mean, when was his beginning? Uh, He always has been. No, no, he has no beginning. And he has no end. No, he, he is. He is the God who is. <laughs> okay, okay. It, he, it, look, Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8, the Bible says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He always has been. He always will be. And by the way, he doesn't change. No, no, he, he hasn't changed since the 13th century. He has not changed here the 21st century. He has not changed. Well, God's just gotten older. There's no time where God is. No, 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 he hadn't got older, he hadn't got softer. Come on, y'all stay with me here. No, 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 he's true to his word. The way he was, the way he was last year, he's still the same this year. Oh, no, no. And, 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 and this, come on, this gets kind of mind-blowing for somebody that has no more brain power than I do. But he was before all things. What do you mean he's before all things? Well, he was before the world. No, no, but I mean, before the world ever was, he already was there. And, and, and he was before the sun. I mean, he, he was there, and he, and, and he was before the, even before there was water, he was there. He, he, he was right there, before there was any air. Okay, before there was any time. You know one thing, one of the great things I'm going to love about heaven? There's no time up there. No, no clock. No, 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 nothing to watch. We don't have to worry about things like that. It's going to be a wonderful thing. No, 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 he was there before there was any time. Okay, before time began, he was there. And Jesus is the way, and Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life, and by him all things consist, and without him nothing would exist or consist. He is the King of kings, he is the Lord of lords, he is the first and last, that is our God. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 13, the Bible says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Listen, if we cannot trust the one that created everything we see and the one that keeps everything going in this world, my dear friends, who are we going to trust? He's the one to trust. And he is to have preeminence in our lives. Verse number 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. The Lord is to have first place in our lives. Now stay with me here. Stay with me. Well, preacher, you know, if God's so powerful, I mean, and, and, and if God knows what's best for my life, why doesn't he guide me? Well, because you've yet to give him first place in your life. Yes, because when we give him first place in our life, he does guide us. Yep. Day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, God guides us when he has first place in our life. 
You don't give him first place when you wake up in the morning. You don't give him first place when things go wrong throughout the day or when you have to make those split-second decisions about doing what you know he would have you to do in a situation or what you want to do. You don't give him first place when it comes to entertainment. You don't give him first place when it comes to choosing friends. You don't give him first place when it comes to raising your children. Come on, he says to train up with them, train, train your children up in the way that they should go. But all you want to do is tell them what to do instead of training them how to do it. But we're to train up our children. No, no, God says to teach them the scripture and talk about spiritual things in the home with your children. But you can't even remember the last time you did that. Maybe you're just hoping that their Sunday school teacher will teach them all they need to know. Your kids never talk about God because they never hear you talking about God unless you're using his name in vain. Uh, your kids don't care anything about separating themselves to a holy God because they've never seen anything in your life that says you care enough to give your heart to God. No, no, there's a big problem in the society today. There's a big problem in our churches today because we have gotten to this place that we, ha- we, have, this, we have this case of churchianity where, you know, as long as we're coming to church every once in a while, we feel like we're doing just fine. But if you want your children to live for God, if you want your children to live good godly lives, you're going to have to put God first in your life and live it in front of them. Very important that you do that. The reason that people fall, fall prey to the flesh and the world and the devil is because they have not given God first place in their lives. Have you ever thought about just asking God before you do something? I mean, he really is there. He really does listen. He really can give you guidance. Have you ever thought of asking God before you make these decisions? Have you ever thought of to ask God if the people that you're hanging around are really who he would have you to be around? Uh, I mean, have you ever asked God, you know, the, the music that you're listening to, Lord, would you have me to listen to this? Uh, Lord, would you have me? No, no. Have you ever thought about asking God, Lord, do you really want me to look at this? Come on. He's alive and well. Yep. He's a holy God and he wants to help us. No, no. He wants to help us, but we have to put him first. Have you ever asked God to give you the strength to be the one that will stand up for what is right in the youth group? Come on. Good preaching. Go ahead. There has to be somebody. Not everybody should be a follower. There needs to be a leader somewhere. No, no. Do you ask God to give you the strength to do that no matter who makes fun of you for it? Right, right. Have you ever thought of what, have you ever thought of what, have you ever thought what God could really do with your life if you would just give him first place in everything that you do, no matter what, no matter what? Well, preacher, it just doesn't seem like he ever does anything in my life. That's because you'll not allow him the place he deserves. You're not listening to him. He deserves first place. No, I'm talking about the place he can lead you, the place he can guide you, the place he can direct you, and the place he can use you, the place he can break you, the place he can mold you and make you into what he would have you to be. Surrender to God this morning. I mean, be the first one to sell out completely to him. He will do great things in your life if you will just let him do it. If you'll let him do it. Because all fullness is in Christ. 
awfulness. Oh no, and it says that, verse number 19, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So I'm here to tell you this morning that there can be no better life than one yielded to him. No better life. The world can't fulfill you. The flesh cannot fulfill you. It's all vanity. It's all empty. Never will last. And we have been reconciled to God to overcome this world. Now it's made clear. Look at verse number 20. We're doing great. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Reconciled. What's that all about? Well, that word just means brought back to an original state. Brought back to an original state. Well, where are you going with that? Well, you know, God created us that we might have fellowship with him. No, that's why he created man, mankind. That we might have fellowship with him. That we might be his people. That he might be our God. And that's what he desires for us now. That we know him through the Lord Jesus Christ. No, no. If you're saved by the grace of God, he didn't save you just so you don't go to hell one of these days. I'm very thankful I don't have to go to hell. I'm very thankful. But that's not the reason he saved you. No, no, look up. That's not the reason he saved you, if you're saved. He saved you to have fellowship with you. And here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. No, no, no. Here's the thing about that. If we're having real fellowship with him, he will end up having first place in our life. Now, I'll say that again. I'm going to repeat that. If we're having real fellowship with him on a regular basis, he will have first place in our life. Because he speaks to us through that Bible, doesn't he? Come on, and he changes us through serious prayer, doesn't he? Uh, Come on, he guides and directs us as we ask him for that guidance and direction, doesn't he? No, if we're having that serious fellowship with him, he will begin to change our life, and he will have first place in our life, because that's the way he created us. And when we put ourselves in that place where we are yielded to him the way we should be yielded to him, he begins to change us from the inside out. Come on, he might not polish up the outside real quick, but I guarantee you he begins to do things in our heart that only he can take credit for. When we begin to realize I shouldn't be doing that, and I shouldn't be saying that, and I shouldn't be thinking that, and I shouldn't be acting that way, and I shouldn't be looking at that, and I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be like that. I'm telling you, God will begin to change us as nobody else can change us. I'm not talking about some self-help program. I'm not talking about reaching way down inside and being the better you and all that junk. I'm talking about letting God really have the place he deserves and then watching him work in your life the way that only he can work. Because only God knows how to make life work. He's the one that created you. He's the one that keeps your heart beating. And he has a purpose for your life. And either you're living it or you're not. You know, it's so crazy. He gave Adam and Eve. He, he, he created Adam and Eve. He placed them in a the garden. And he gave them everything they needed pertaining to this life. He gave them everything they needed. 
to live a, to live a wonderful, wonderful life. And then he gave them one simple commandment. One very simple commandment. Um, don't eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. It's mine. Don't eat of it. One commandment. One simple commandment. You have everything you need to live a good life. But don't touch the tree. The one thing that he told them not to do, they did. And it started something that goes on to this day. And although we were born in sin and aliens from God, he's made a way for us. Oh no, it's true. Verse 21 again. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. We've been wicked. We that are saved, we've been wicked, but now our desire is to be led by him. Because of his great love, because of the great love that he showed in sending his only begotten son to die in our place. Okay, we're saved by the grace of God. Hopefully you are. If you're not, we'd love to show you how. And we were once wicked, according to what God has to say. Let God be true and every man a liar. But now, now as as born-again believers, our desire is to be led by God. And, And we have a desire to be led by God because of the great love that he showed to us in sending his only begotten son to die in our place. That's our desire. Isn't it? Shouldn't it be? When we think of the price that he paid for us? To where we could have our sins forgiven? Shouldn't it be our desire to live our life for Him? Shouldn't it be? He's reconciled us that He might lead us in the right way. Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28, the Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I have learned in my 38 years of being saved that the more that I yield to God, the easier it is to live the Christian life. But if you're not yielding to God, you're going to struggle for the rest of your days. And there is a God in heaven, and He is a holy God, and He has given us His holy word that we might be directed by Him as we have fellowship with Him. And here's the case. He is just waiting for us to acknowledge our weaknesses. He's just waiting for us to humble ourselves before Him and submit our lives to Him to be, led in, to be led in whatever way he sees fit. 
because only God knows how to make life work. Don't you think it's about time we start listening to him? Well, preacher, that that's seemed like a pretty that seemed like a kind of a rough message for the, you know, Sunday morning crowd, you know. Oh, sometimes a Sunday morning crowd needs to hear a Sunday night message. Because it's all true. Either we're submitted to God, the one that knows how to make our life work, or we're not. But you can make a decision to be. Well, who do you think you are? Tell me what to do. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. It's not about me. It's not about me. No, it's all about him. And the things that I told you today come out of this. Not out of my head. No. Only God knows how to make life work. Maybe today needs to be the day you yield to him completely. And if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please look up here. You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I'm telling you that you will end up in hell one of these days if you don't come to know Him. If you don't come to a place of trusting Christ as your Savior, you will end up in hell one of these days. It's a real place, not just a curse word. It hasn't been air-conditioned by the liberal theologians. I'm telling you, it's a very real place. When you die, you're going to go one of two places. Well, I just believe in soul sleep. You can't find that in the Bible. Well, I just believe we go back to dust and nothing happens. Can't find that in the Bible. Well, I believe we go to a place called purgatory, and then one of these days they'll pray, they'll pray us out of there. You can't find that in the Bible. When we die, we're going to go one of two places. We're either going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. But God made the way for that because he sent his only begotten son who died upon a who died upon a cross and shed his blood years ago, who was laid in a tomb for three days and three nights, but rose from the dead. I'm telling you, he is victorious over death and hell and sin, and he can save your soul if you're willing to come to him. But for us that already know the Lord, well, I'm a Christian. You can be happy about that. You don't have to be mad about it. For us that do know the Lord, we should be yielded. Maybe today, today is the day that you'd go ahead and yield. Let's stand to our feet. Would you stand with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your precious spirit. We're thankful for the promises that we have. And we're thankful that we can know for a fact that you are God and you're still alive and all-powerful and you have a plan for our lives. You do. You have a plan for our lives, for our marriages, for our children, for our grandchildren, for every day that we're breathing. And Lord, you desire fellowship with us. You desire our fellowship. And you desire that we be yielded to you in every part of our life, not picking and choosing what we do, uh, not, not, uh, not holding on to the philosophies of this world, but Lord, trusting you letting you be our guide. 
And I pray, Father, if there's someone in here that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that you would work in their heart and their life, that you would convince them that that's their greatest need, that you would bring them to the saving knowledge of Christ before it's too late. It's no accident they're here this morning. It's no accident. You want to save their soul. I pray, Father, that folks would come, they'd humble themselves and do exactly what you'd have them to do this morning. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Piano's going to play. Many have already come to the altar. Why don't you come this morning? Come on, you're not where you need to be and you know you're not. Spiritually, you're not where you need to be and you know you're not where you need to be. And probably the people around you know you're not where you need to be. Why don't you come this morning and ask God to help you be everything He'd have you to be. Maybe it's time to yield completely. Do what He'd have you to do. Sir, be the spiritual leader of your home you're supposed to be. Ma'am, be in the wife that you're supposed to be in the mother. Young people, be in the children you're supposed to be. Honoring your father and your mother. Listening to God in every part of your life. What is it God wants you to do? What is it? Don't hold back any longer. Sell out to Him. He's the one that knows how to make your life work the way it's supposed to work. Won't you give in to Him? Would you come? You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You step out. You come forward this morning. We have someone that can take you aside and show you how you can have that all settled. We'd love to do that. You can know the truth before you leave this place.